first of all, listen to this intro tune that Elvio Fernandez made for this podcast. Listen to this. This thing, this thing is hot. I love this. I would listen to this song. That is a custom creation, a custom song uh, created by Elvio Fernandez, specifically for this podcast. I am honored to have had him work on that. That was very, very cool. Um, The, uh, the, you know, I'm I'm learning that podcasting is actually going to be harder than I thought. I I have a lot of bad habits from my time in radio, one of which maybe being, why am I yelling right now? (laughs) It's easy. It's hard because here's the thing. I'm not properly set up for this. I'm so used to doing this in a real studio with a high-quality microphone. Doing this now uh, going forward, I just have a lot to learn about quality. You know, I think, I think I'll go up from here. I think the quality you hear on this podcast, it, it, was, uh, it was recorded. What you're going to hear here it was recorded inside of a manufacturing facility. Excuse me. It was recorded inside of my manufacturing facility. And so there's some background noise and whatnot, and that'll happen on a podcast. But when I do these intros, I want these to be clean. I want these to sound well. And, you know, it sounds fine, but I think there's a production level that I can can step it up to. Uh, now, here, I wanted to do my first podcast where I talked all about my radio career because the idea is that this podcast will probably move forward and leave the radio stuff behind pretty quickly. But there are a lot of people asking a lot of questions. And so the original idea was, hey, let me do a podcast where I just kind of talk about it all. I'm not going to do a podcast where I just shit on people. That's not going to happen. I don't do that. I will, however, talk about, you know, what led to me being ready to leave radio. It, it was it was a dual decision when I finally get to do this podcast, because what I'm trying to get around to is that's not what you're going to hear today. That's not coming quite yet. Hopefully that'll be episode two or three, but we'll see. I'll keep you updated on that. And again, though, I mean, the plan is not to get on here and just start shitting on people. That It's really not the plan at all. I don't have that much shitting to do. Uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit about how I went from loving radio to loving something else. And that had a lot to do with that something else, which you're going to hear in this podcast, a lot of this podcast about the food industry, the food business, and uh, it's going to have it's just it's going to have a lot to do with what my life looks like going forward and the people that I'm around going forward. But uh, as far as the radio thing goes, it, at the same time I was falling in love with the sauce business and food manufacturing, I was falling out of love with radio. And I want to talk about that. Hopefully, that'll be podcast number two or three or, or whatever. Um, and then here's what here was the original plan for the podcast. It was going to be episode one. I was going to talk about that. Episode two, I was going to do a QA. and a I was going to say, look, we're moving on from the radio talk. Q&A, one time, 60 minutes. Ask me anything you want to ask me. After those 60 minutes, we are moving forward. Uh, decided to um, switch things around off of legal advice. And so what we're going to do here is what was originally planned to be the third episode, which is a conversation with me and Tony Perry, the former owner of Permac Enterprises, the gentleman from whom I purchased the business, Permac Enterprises, the the existing clientele, the employees, the building, the uh, the everything. And so I am excited to talk about this and to let you hear this story because I think that this is a pretty 
I think it's a pretty interesting look kind of behind the scenes as to how these things actually happen. I know that I have always wondered how acquisitions go down, mergers and acquisitions. I've always wondered, how does this actually happen? Uh, you don't get a ton of answers. A lot of times people, they just reach deals like me. Like if you read in the paper, it just seems like it just magically happened. You don't get a lot of you don't get a lot of a chance to hear about the process that goes into somebody purchasing a business. And so I wanted to tell you right from the nuts and bolts of the first conversation we ever had about uh, uh, me acquiring this business from Tony, I wanted you to hear me and him sitting together talking about how the whole thing came together. And that's episode one of the podcast. I appreciate you listening. Uh, Excuse the production for being somewhat, in my opinion, subpar, but I am learning. And here we go. Episode one starts now. The news came out yesterday, if you follow it at all, that uh, this week I completed a deal to acquire Permac Enterprises in Bergen, which is a small, what we call co-packer in the food business, meaning basically that they specialize in making products for other people. I have to stop saying they. I have to say we. Meaning that we, we, (laughs) we start to, we make products for other people. And, um, and it was actually the place where I first started making our product, Google Animal Sauce, back in August of 2014. I think our first run was something like either July 3rd or July 5th of 2014 uh, out here in Bergen, where I sit right now inside of the facility at Permac Enterprises. And I sit across from, I guess it's weird to say, Tony, but former owner, Tony Perry. Tony, you got to get right up in the mic there. Get, yeah. Yep. Get, former get, owner. Former owner, isn't that? Does that feel weird to say? Uh, it hasn't set in yet, Polly. <laughs> but it, it it kind of is. Uh, it's not a place you've never been before because you've sold a business before in your life, haven't you? Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah. So, my my repair garage before we started uh, working out here. Right. So you so they call you Coach Tony. Everyone knows he's Coach Tony. Right. Where does the coach in Coach Tony come from? Well, I was a baseball coach for okay. quite a few years. Coached at Spencerport High School, Finger Lakes Community College, American Legion. Yeah. And when we came out with the sauce, we were trying to come up with a name for it. And uh, one of the guys that was involved when we launched this thing wanted to call it Coach Tony. So I was right. a little reluctant <laughs> to yeah. do that. But uh, that's where it came from. And, and it's the and baseball theme. That's you Yeah. Know, I'm looking at actually got a label right in front of me here on this binder. And I'm looking. It's great. The logo's got a little baseball included in it. And you were Coach Tony. That's what everyone called you. So you had this meat hot sauce. And let's talk about your story real quick and the, the founding story way before I ever entered the picture of Permac. But you you were making this meat sauce just before it was ever a business. You were just making this at home, just what Fourth of July type deal, or correct? Yeah, I, yeah. I would make it year round, and I gave it away to you know friends, family, baseball players, and uh, everybody kept saying you got to try to get this on the market. And I said, mm-hmm. well, I really don't have the time between coaching and running a business. So right. finally, somebody figured out how to do it, and we originally were having it done at a plant down in Endicott, New York, and uh, decided we wanted to be in control of our own destiny and our own product. Well, so you you yourself were using a co-packer. At yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and that, was there, I don't know to what extent you want to say, you don't have to, but was there frustration there? I mean, sometimes well, it can be. You were waiting for your product that you wanted to turn out right, things like that. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, we had one issue, nothing major, yeah. you know, but uh, she was also... Uh, she had her own pasta sauce as well, and I thought, you know, if if she gets real busy, my stuff's going to get sent to the back burner. Sure. So that's when we started out here, and when we first started, we were originally just doing our sauce, and then little by little by little over the years, now we're doing about 190 different labels for people. Yeah, uh, and you really you built that 
business. You built it really well. I, I guess it's your entrepreneur spirit because, as you said, you, you had the garage. Obviously, you started the hot sauce. You started this. You were a coach, uh, and technically coaching is an entrepreneurship, but it kind of is, right? You're, you're the, yeah, the yeah. boss of the team. In a way. In a way. So in, in <laughs> a, 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 maybe it's a bit of a stretch, but, but – um, you, that was what you were used to. So the idea that someone else was controlling your product, I would imagine, I see that in your personality that you're thinking, boy, I want to I wanna make this stuff. This is, right. I want to control yeah. this. And yeah. I mean, I, you know, as I spoke to a reporter yesterday about you, yeah. I said, I think Paulie's in the same boat. He wants to be in control of his own destiny, and he wants to make sure that he has his stuff when he needs it, and which is a, it can be an issue with uh, it can be, yeah. I've I've certainly run into it. Uh, you know, having control over your own production is is key when you're doing this. And and um, this opportunity, which you know we're going to do this interview in chronological order, but when we get to it, was something that was a dream come true to actually have the ability to control uh, your own product. But so tell me, when you, you start deciding you're going to bottle your own Coach Tony's meat sauce, that's when you found Permac Enterprises, where we're we're literally sitting right now in Bergen, New York. What was that process like of actually becoming your own? Uh, manufacturer well we were searching around for a place we wanted to get something with uh, a decent overhead because I wasn't sure if the sauce was gonna make it or not sure and uh, yeah didn't want to get into a, a huge facility or anything so we came out here and uh, now obviously we've uh, outgrown it <laughs> yeah yeah you so this this little place where we sit right now is what we're kind of referring to as the old place um, right technically speaking as of uh, May of 2020, you're still pro- producing here, but it's the days here are basically ending. You're moving essentially across the street to uh, Apple Tree. What is Avenue? That? Apple Tree I guess Avenue. I should probably know the answer to that, right? <laughs> Apple Tree Avenue. And again, I have to say, not I, have, I can't keep saying you're moving. I have to say we are moving. We are moving. I am learning. This is very <laughs> new for me. So you start doing this in this little facility in Bergen. What was this? It was like a pizzeria or something. Yeah, it was an old pizzeria. Really? Yeah. And and so was it? In was it operable when you came or when you saw this building? What was in this building? Oh, it was full of furniture, full of equipment, uh, everything. We had to take all the equipment out of it. We basically gutted the what we call the processing area now, which used to be their kitchen, mm-hmm. and then uh, that took quite a while because the place was a little bit of disarray. Well, what are some of the things that you learned early on that I'm about to learn or in the process of learning about what what's required? You want to start producing sauce? You know, you're putting this out into the public. Obviously, there's a health aspect to that. There's a food safety aspect to that. What did you have to learn right off the bat, and what did you have to implement in this building to be able to, to fill all of the necessary legal requirements? Right. Before we started producing out here, we took a course at Cornell University and learned all about uh, what's called HACCP, Hazards and, and Analysis Control. And uh, everything has to be clean. A lot of paperwork involved. You know, you got to Take your temperatures, as you know, because you've been out here plenty of times mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. your own sauce. pH value, pH value, water activity in some cases. There's a lot of it's a science. It really kind of makes me wish I paid attention during chemistry. You know? <laughs> here's here's a side fun note, actually, uh, Tony. I was an exchange student to Italy when I was in 11th grade, and the high school I went to, chemistry was an 11th grade requirement. And when I came back, I went to the 12th grade, and I got to skip chemistry because I had this. 
because I had been this exchange student. So I had this complete other experience. I just got credit for chemistry. I never even took chemistry. So now I have to learn things like pH value and water activity. And I've been studying over the last couple of months, though, actually. And actually, yeah. I learned a lot about pH early on. Because right. my sauce, that's that's the big, sort of the big, uh, I don't know what you call it, scorecard or the big, that's the big number for me, right? Right. pH, P- pH and temperature. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you learn, you learn a little bit about the science. Then you start working. But on day one... You were your only client, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely, for first six months. So compared to what you are today, back then you might have felt busy, but you weren't really all that busy at first, right? No, 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 not at first. Right. Um, but after about six months, we started picking up customers here and there, and none of them were all that big, but you know, now we've obviously we have you and uh, Red Osier, Uncle Ralph's. Yep. Uh, I know I'm missing a bunch, but... Uh, yeah, no, you, you, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of... Brand. And Coach Tony's, don't forget. He's oh, yeah. A, he's yeah. A big brand. Coach Tony's, we're busy. Coach Tony's is in all the Wegmans and everything, all the tops. I mean, that's a big brand itself. Uh, you, How did you start to get word out to people once you had this facility? And for those six months, all you're making is Coach Tony's meat sauce. How did you start to get word out to people that, hey, I can make your stuff too? Well, I think a lot of the really established places like Don's Original, um, Steve Tahoe on Lyle Avenue, mm. um, who those guys have been making hot sauce forever. And they said, who's this guy that got yeah. a hot sauce in a jar and yeah. made it shelf-stable? So little by little, they all started uh, coming coming on board. And uh, we have a great relationship with Cornell University, and uh, we're on their website as a co-packer. So mm-hmm. our phone rings constantly about people wanting to come out and try to get something going. And the, the nice thing about us out here is we're, we're kind of a niche uh, business. Uh, we can do small runs yeah, for people. For sure. Uh, there's one lady that we we run her stuff once a year, and yep. stuff like yours we're running once yeah. twice a week. And same with Red Ocean and some other products. Let's fast forward a little bit. You, you start the business in what year? Uh, 2005. 2005. You start the business about six months or so. You're just making Coach Tony stuff. Then you start adding more clients. You start to get pretty busy. 2014. Uh, a, a chubby Italian kid walks in, and he says he's got his grandpa's pasta sauce. Be honest with me. What did you think the first time I ever showed up? Oh, I, I knew it was going to be a hit. Well, because sure. I worked on the radio? Was that the only reason? No, no, no. I mean, just the quality of the product. I it mean, it, it stuff, speaks right? for itself. And, I mean, you probably learned a couple tricks when you were in Italy. Yeah, well, <laughs> to be honest with you, the majority of my cooking stuff I learned at home. But I did – when I was in Italy, I was 16. And I'll be honest with you, I wish I could say that I was super studious and very in tune to and learning from my host mothers on how to cook. The truth is I was eating the food and enjoying it, but I was mostly out running around enjoying the no legal drinking age (laughs) (laughs) when I was in Italy. Um, Anyway, uh, so I walk in in 2014, make some sauce, put it out into the market. And and to be honest with you, I got extremely lucky. And I, I I want to give credit to the amount of luck that was involved. But also, we were busting our asses. There's no doubt about right. that. It certainly didn't hurt that I worked on the radio. And it certainly didn't hurt that my wife is a public relations professional at Dixon Trouble for a living. And so I, I definitely I understand that while, yes, we did absolutely uh, work hard, we also benefited from quite a bit of luck and circumstance. And finding you was a godsend. Because I'll be honest with you, I did what everyone does when they decide they're going to make a product. I called Ledestri. It was all I knew. That's the only thing. What normal people who have never entered this world, that's all they've ever heard of is Ledestri. Right. And and Ledestri, I wish I could say they laughed me off the phone. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> they were very professional. They are, they are a professional. They very politely 
broke the news to me that I was not anywhere in the neighborhood of being able to go to them. <laughs> right. If you're not backing up an 18-wheeler yeah. <laughs> to their facility. Exactly. So I'll be honest with you. That was the, actually the first phone call I made. And then what happened was I contacted Cornell, the Food Venture Center. And the Food Venture Center said uh, they, they gave me a list of uh, small co-packers. Of course, Permac was on that list. Called you guys, got a hold of either you or Jamie, and you guys said, come on out, let's talk. I think I came out, we talked, and I think the second visit was was making the sauce. And, right. uh and then it was, and that's the great thing about the way that we run our business here at Permax. See, I'm getting better. I said, that's we, it. Is that, uh, you know, a lot of co packers, when you do approach them and you say you want to make a product, they, they, they will, in a few weeks, mail you a sample jar of what they came up with based on kind of what you told them. Here at Permax, you come in. We want you to actually come in and make it with us. Absolutely. We will we have never done a product for anyone if they aren't here when we do it yes. because they know the way it's supposed to be, the way the finished product, the way they want it, and that's the way we want to do it. It has to be. It has yeah. to be. It has to be. And the other and the thing is, and it's always disturbing me crazy, I'm being too honest, but what are you going to do? It's so inefficient the other way. It is. It is. It, the, the, the way these other co-packers have wanted me to let's send a sample, and then I would send them feedback, and then three weeks later I'd get another sample. Before you know it, idea to shelf is a year-long process. And quite frankly, out here, idea to shelf can be as short as, and this is if everything really happens quickly, but it can be as short as a few weeks. Sure. Typical is probably a couple of months, but it could be as short as a few weeks if you're really doing things right. Right. Once we schedule you in for a, what we call a dial-in, mm-hmm. um, and you come out that day, we, we get your product in the kettle. And uh, as you know, people making product at home maybe make a gallon or two gallons. When you when you notch it up to 30 or 35 gallons, everything changes. That's the reason we want the customer out here. Right. We start slow, and we add little by little by little, keep track of it. And at the end, when they say, yep, this is it, we add everything up. And we come up with our total amounts of spices, be it tomatoes, vinegar, whatever it is. And then it's done. And then it's done. And then, you know, it has to go to a nutritionist, get a nutrition panel made. There's a barcode process. And then, obviously, you got to get labels made. And some of the label is up to the the entrepreneur themselves. They're going to put some creative thought into that. Yeah. Um, uh, So there is a little bit of that. And you guys, you know, and and especially in the future, something I want to do. I want to help people who are unclear of their brand. Help them develop it. Let's do. Right. I mean, I've worked in a creative business my whole life up until this point, so I love the creative side of things. Let's talk about brand and let's talk about logo. How often do people come to you where they've got brand and logo figured out, and how often do they come to you where they don't have that part figured out? Very rarely does somebody have it figured out. Okay. Um, we either my daughter actually does graphic design work, so oh, she's good. helped a couple people out uh, with their label. Some people have friends that do it. Sure. Um, some people just want to put a picture of, like, their grandfather or something. Yeah, like who would do something grandpa, like that? Well, <laughs> 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 something. <laughs> what about a little cartoon drawing yeah, of their grandfather? I mean, Grandpa Sam's, uh, sure, they've got yeah. a, a picture. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, so so and that's the idea. Is Basically, what I love about this place is, you know, so, bigger co-packers, for the most part, they want to hear from you if you can bring them business. You are actually helping people make their dreams come true. We Right, we, Paulie, we. We are helping people make their dreams come true. We are actually uh, getting people who just have always kind of had it in the back of their head and wondered what if. And we are actually letting people come in and make that what if come true. We're small enough that it's not going to break somebody exactly. to try it. Exactly. That's, that's been, I, I think, the key to, to this business is that somebody come in, can come in and 
pull 18 cases of product out of here and go give it a shot, you know? Right. And and let's face it, 18 cases, yeah, yes, you're going to spend some money on that, but it's not going to, for most people, I should say, it's not going to break you if it doesn't work. It's exactly. A, it's a place to find out if you're right or not about your product, to get a true, honest to God answer. Not that we're going to give you that answer. We're going to make it, and we're going to send you out into the world with it, and then you're going to get the answer from the public. Ultimately, we all have a boss, and that's the public. They're going to exactly. decide. Exactly. Every um, single one of our customers is our boss. Exa- yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, I'll be as honest as I possibly can. Uh, I had realized probably... I think if I really soul search here, late 2018, early 2019, I started to realize that the greatest thrill I was getting out of my life professionally was running my sauce business. Um, That professionally, that was where I was really reaping the most rewards. And I'm not talking financially. I'm talking about just emotionally. I felt the most reward in running my own business. And uh, obviously, my situation up until very recently was that this was not my full-time job. Um, I was doing a lot of soul-searching, trying to figure it out in late 2019, late summer 2019. um, You know, it, it became pretty clear to me that this is where I wanted to go. I started to talk to people, started to really just run through scenarios in my head. It was scary to think about giving up on radio, which had been my dream for a long time, but it just started to occur to me that this this was my new dream. It was sort of like the grown-up dream. Um, it, I want you to know, I think I made this clear to you, but I'm really telling the listeners, uh, Tony, I want you to know it wasn't something I just woke up one day and said, you know what, on a whim, I'm going to... I thought about this for a really long time before I ever... And now I'm going to tell you something. I don't know if you know. Before I ever pretended I had to come out here at 4.30 in the morning to pick up sauce. I thought that was a little strange. Did you think that was weird? Nonetheless, you know, I'm here that early. So I figured, well, probably had to get an early start to the day. Yeah. So, all right. So here we go. So here's how it all goes down. So uh, I knew I wanted to go and do this. I uh, tried to figure out what the move was. And there were some ideas and it was, well, do I just run the sauce business? That's my whole job. Or do I go and try to apply for a job at, you know, like a Ledestri or something like that and and maybe get a job, you know, maybe because of what I've done with the sauce, maybe I'll get a come, I'll be able to come in not as an entry level employee, but some sort of man. And then I realized, no, you know what? I love entrepreneurship. That's what I love. Mm-hmm. And you were an entrepreneur that I respected. You had a business that I saw myself wanting to do. I said, that's what I would want to do. And before I just explore the possibility of going and starting my own copac facility let me first go to my friend someone who's actually been a bit of a mentor to me too i you know pretty early on actually the whole way through you were giving me advice you and jamie were both giving me advice that was led to all of all success and i'm so thankful for that and so I wanted to get you alone, <laughs> and I knew that you get here at 4.30 in the morning for some ungodly reason. <laughs> oh, you'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, I, and that's a, the, another good thing, side note, is that uh, I think actually the 4.30 in the morning thing, I'm cut out for that. You know, for 10 years I've been waiting. I woke up at 2.15 a.m. for 10 years. That's a little so, early. So that's a little early, right. <laughs> so 4.30 is actually not – I don't think it's going to be that hard for me to cope with. Anyway – I knew that you get out here at four thirty, but most of your staff doesn't come in till what five thirty six. Yeah, Jamie's in here about five thirty. Five thirty. So I yeah. knew that to get you alone, four thirty was the key. So I made up an excuse that I had to come out here and pick up some sauce at four thirty in the morning, and then I just asked you, "What do you What do you plan?" And can you give me that story from your perspective on what happened? I believe it was uh, either late February, early March. It Obviously, was, it was, was Thursday, January thirtieth. <laughs> uh, 
uh, I, keeping I, track of this stuff, yes, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so obviously it was cold, it was dark, and at that point I think I had an upper respiratory infection as well. Oh, God. So we're out there loading Polly's uh, van up, and uh, he says, what are you thinking about your future? And I thought, well, does he think I've got cancer or something? <laughs> oh, God, oh, no, oh, no. So, and uh, I said, well, what do you mean? And you said, did you ever think about selling it? Yeah. I said, well, we can talk. And uh, I said, I have no idea what number to put on it. I have to talk to the accountant. Wait, and did you get it in that point that I was asking you, did you ever think about selling it, but not just selling it, but selling it to me? Did you get that in that moment? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Okay. I knew. And, you know, uh, just to go backwards a little bit, when you said uh, that, you know, Jamie and I gave you a lot of good advice, I, I think we did. I hope we did. You did, yeah. But advice is only a little piece of the puzzle, as I told a reporter yesterday. I've been watching the way you work and all the festivals you go to and how yeah. much you go out and sample. And some people get in this and they just stop working at it. Well, you never have. You've, you've had your you know, foot on the gas right. ever since you started. I love it. You saw my lawyer yesterday yelled at me for being too, too hard of a worker, basically. I think you pushed those attorneys pretty hard, <laughs> I Polly. Did. I did push the attorneys <laughs> kind of hard. I can be. I, I know how to be a little annoying when I have to be. <laughs> okay, so we we have that conversation that morning, and I'll be honest with you. I was I went home on on cloud nine, but the thing that happened next was I was really worried because just you saying that yes, you would hear an offer on the business didn't mean we had a deal by any means. We right. were that at that point. I knew in my head. I knew what I could afford, what I could get my hands on. I should say, and I knew uh, what I couldn't. And quite frankly, if you came back and i didn't know what your business was at the time and we're certainly not going to air that right but if you had come back with a number that was just way out of my range it was you know it was just going to be a heartbreak for me i was just gonna have to say i just can't do it you know um but luckily as you said then so what do you do next and again no numbers needed or anything but so you have to call your accountant basically and say we have to figure out what this yeah i called uh jim marasco my accountant who's been a tremendous help (laughs) with a lot of things here yep and uh i said i want it to be a fair number i said um I want it to be fair for Polly. I really dislike, as as you and I have spoken, I don't like when somebody sells somebody a business and then the person can't make it. Yeah. So I said, I want it to be a fair number. You know, Polly's got to make a living at this. Yeah. So we came up with a fair number. I know you talked to Tom about it. You guys came out to this place. You yeah. showed Tom the new place. And uh, I think you guys felt it was a, a good fit. With yeah. everything we got going on, and, and quite frankly, so what happens in that case is you sign some papers that non-disclosure stuff because we're, then we're going to start trading some confidential information regarding numbers, and so we sign some confidentiality stuff. You come up with a number, you send us basically the numbers that you used to reach that number is right. sort of how that works, and then we get the opportunity to take a look at stuff and decide if we agree. And you know what happened was we agreed. It was very clear. It was like a math problem, um, and I think and some of the advice that I had gotten before you know you had ever even throw your first number out there was i'd gotten some advice that there's there's stuff that is clear you know we're sitting in the office right now we're looking at a at a you know a, sh- a shelf that's that's obvious that's, that has a clear value that's worth something right uh, the shelf next is worth something the blender's worth something the pot is worth something but sometimes people have a false sense of what their brand is worth and just saying well you know well just the intellectual property just the just the brand that i've built out here is worth a gazillion dollars sometimes people say that and it and it's really in some cases is in some cases it's a giant gray area that sometimes people just cannot get together on agreeing on and we were lucky that we just agreed on that yeah i mean, I, I don't think uh 
other than you pushing the attorneys real hard, <laughs> I, I I don't think it could have gone any smoother no. than it did. No, um, yeah, it did. It went, it went. I thought really perfectly smooth. And the one um, other thing I'd like to stick in there is yeah. I, there there have been a couple people that have kind of kicked the tires here about possibly buying it, but I knew there was no way I would sell it to them. You are a whole different cat. Um, Thanks, I, <laughs> Thank you. I uh, I knew that. I wouldn't just sell it to somebody that I thought would let it go in a tank. Right. Um, I wanted it to stay strong uh, for a lot of reasons. One for you, uh, obviously, so that Jamie and Jay would continue working, and you know, you wanted to bring them on as partners, and I think that was a great idea. They loved it. They certainly loved it when they heard I was going to be out of here and you were coming in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. So let's talk about each one of those three guys uh, sort of in a row. I'm going to start with Tom because Tom is somebody who I met – Years ago, he is. Uh, I don't know to what extent I can talk about his other dealings, but I know it's public that he is. Uh, he's an investor in Iron Smoke Whiskey, and, and it plays an important role there. I had met him at a party one time, and uh, became friends with him. And he had, he had told me, and I had reason to believe from years ago that if I was ever looking for investment, that he believed in me as an entrepreneur. And he, he was someone I always knew that I could call if I ever was in a position where I thought I saw a really good opportunity. So he was the call I made. And and I'll be honest with you, he made me work for it. We went to, this was pre-pandemic, we went to uh, a four o'clock dinner at Bronca, uh, which is, which the reason for the four o'clock thing is because we wanted to kind of be alone because we we're going to be talking about some sensitive information and restaurants are generally pretty dead at 4 p.m. That's a dead time for restaurants. So we went there and talked and he, you know, he, he made me answer a lot of tough questions. It wasn't, he didn't just say, yeah, buddy, you got it. You know, we sat there and he basically interviewed me for a couple hours of how do you see this working and I had answers for him that I guess were satisfactory and he ended up saying yeah the other two guys who we've mentioned let's talk I want you get you to talk about those guys a little more those guys come from your world they're guys who I've known for a while uh, guys who I am very excited to have as as partners in the business uh, the first being Jamie Lloyd because Jamie has been here since day one right Jamie's been here since day one yeah. since since we started making sauce here and he's done an outstanding job I call him my business partner and that's what I consider him he uh, we both kind of need each other and you'll find that out you know yeah. a, you work as a team you know Jamie handles all of the computer stuff which I do not do uh, deals with the customers a lot he's got a great personality everybody loves him uh, like I say, he's here at 5.30 every morning. Uh, he submits all of our stuff into Cornell University for schedule processes. Yeah. Just an outstanding work ethic. Uh, and the other guy is a guy who you're pretty familiar with, uh, a young guy by the name of Jay Perry, who is your son, yeah. who I couldn't be more excited is staying on in a partner role as well. Talk a little bit about Jay and, and how he came to be somebody who you said, yeah, I mean, if, if I'm going to do this, I definitely want to make him a part of this. Yep. Uh, well, Jay worked here when he was in high school, you know, labeling, doing things like that, as mm -hmm. well as my daughter, Valerie. And my wife would come in as well and help out mm -hmm. when a, and anything was needed. But when Jay got out of college at Finger Lakes, uh, he came on board here. And uh, he's matured a lot, and he's doing a great job. Um, and he's young and strong, which we need. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no There's kidding. A lot, of, a lot of heavy stuff here, as you know. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Well, so that's the team then. So it's me, Tom, Jamie, and Jay. That's the team. We uh, we should talk about a little bit more because I want people to know how the deal goes. And like I said, there's some uh, there's some lawyer and accountant stuff here that, quite frankly, is just a giant yawn. But I do want <laughs> at least to count for that. So the story basically then goes, I call Tom. Tom grills me. Tom uh, eventually, you know, is satis satisfied with the answers. We go back to you. 
back, there's a little back and forth at that point regarding you know, who's going to own what, how's it going to work, how are we going to do this. Uh, and then essentially what happens, I remember the exact day, it was Friday, February 28th. <laughs> I was in Syracuse doing radio, and I got the word from everybody involved, my lawyer, my accountant, and my, and my, my partner, Tom, that uh, basically, yes, it all checks out. We got a deal. You can let him know. And so I, I was so excited. I knew that all day. I called you on the way home from Syracuse. And I was leaving for Florida the next day, which was also great. We, by the way, we got into Florida like right before the pandemic hit. <laughs> we, if we, our vacation was one week later, we wouldn't have ended up going on it. So we were leaving for Florida the next day. So Florida was sort of a little celebratory trip for me and my wife. And uh, and and I got to call you on the way home from Syracuse, basically, and just tell you you got a deal, you know. And that was yep. just between you and I, you got a deal. And then, and that's February 28th, and get the deal was signed on Thursday, April 30th. So as I keep on talking about lawyers and accountants and yawns. Then it's two months of just accountants doing things and lawyers doing things and just emails being traded and just me. And to be honest with you, and I don't know, I'm, I'm will, totally willing to admit this. I had to struggle sometimes to understand even what they're talking about. There's some verbiage that I don't even know. Like there were times in, in our official contract things that we signed, there's sections of that that I have to read three times. And even at three times, I only am pretty sure that i understand what they're talking <laughs> exactly about. does that happen for you too or oh is that just yeah me? absolutely that's okay. why uh, you know that's why we have the professionals working for us that we do because we right. can trust them yeah you know yeah that's their job right? that stuff's all greek to me and also one thing we're lucky about with our deal is that we we are friends and we are we are you know maybe not technically partners but we're partners it's you know this was a deal where it wasn't a hostile acquisition or oh anything. no not at all so it's you know a lot of anything that ever comes up is going to be handled between me and you the idea of, of going to some contract and finding verbiage from section B four H is gonna it would be like a ultimate last resort and so it's just um yeah I think it's it, it worked out great what do you think oh absolutely I mean I, it, it was seamless. Yeah, I think it was pretty seamless. And then at the end, oh, and I have one last story. Right at the end, we signed the deal Thursday, April thirtieth. We we had I had told my lawyer for like a couple of weeks. May I really want this to go into effect May first? And he, had, for the most part, told me he thinks he can, but it'll be a hustle. Then this week, uh, it, every day I talked to him three, four times, and every single time I'm talking to him, he's kind of secretly letting me know that I'm being a pain in the butt. Because, <laughs> and I'm sure your guy thought I was being a pain in the butt too, because I'm hustling. Because, you know, these guys. To be honest with you, I don't think if I would have pushed, I bet this wouldn't have happened for another week or two. Oh, probably not. Y you know, they, these guys were, they, they were, they just, they're waiting. We don't have to get too specific, but they just, there's everything in there. They 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 want every signature and they want everything in right. And it was just a lot of things that were, um, that, I don't know, that I thought I was like, no, we have the guarantee of that. We're fine. Let's move yeah, on. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that you and I could have done this on a handshake. We could have. But, yeah. I mean, that's why we hire attorneys. I mean, they're, they're there to protect you. They're there to protect me. And that's why it takes so long. They, you know, they got to make sure everything's right. So here's the last question. What's your plan? Now, you, you've got 90 days here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's your plan after 90 days? Well, by the way, you're welcome here after 90. I just want you to uh, know, like, come on in. Come in every day and say hi if you want. I'm pretty sure I'll be around. Yeah. Um, got a hunting camp up north. Uh, spend a little time up there. I got a lot of stuff to do around the house, so I'll get caught up on that, do a little fishing. Um, but like I told you before, I'd, I'll always be around. Yeah, so, yeah. And, I, and we're going to need you because I have a feeling it's going to take me a, a while to learn everything I need to learn. Well, you'll, and, you'll catch on quick. It isn't rocket science, but I know you do things the right way, just like we do. And uh, Yeah, but, and, and also the, the truth is, you know, and this is going to sound corny, but we're never done learning. 
I'm, I'm sure you're still. Oh wondering. no, yeah, absolutely. That's as we were talking. I mean, you're going to come in here with a fresh set of eyes and say, "Geez, I like 85 percent of what you're doing," but I think right. <laughs> here's yeah. some things we could do better. No, it'd be honestly that is that is the plan. We have a we have what I would call 90 day transition plan. Um, we're we're anticipating moving into the new facility about four weeks. We I'm hoping so. About yep. four weeks. So my plan is work here for about four weeks, where I, I want everything to operate the old way. I still want the guy anyone who's here i want them to still come to you with their questions so i can hear your answer and also how you arrived at that answer right for for a while probably for a good month then we'll have a period where we're moving into a new facility that'll that'll take all of all of our attention for yeah a while. that'll be a learning curve that'll be a big learning curve for all of us and then there will be a, uh, probably another six weeks after that uh where we still have you around but where at that point then i'll start to probably take the reins a little bit more right but while i still have you here to kind of check me on if any decision doesn't seem right to you or if anything or just flat out i'm going to need your advice so yeah you know well like i said i'm not going anywhere yeah um, yeah and you you guys won't have any trouble at all you well you know jay and jamie i mean these guys they know more than i know so having these guys around thank god that's the big thing yeah and the big you know you're going to be so much more efficient in the new building because you're not going to be moving six things to get to one and yep. i mean you've seen how we have to operate here it's it the building isn't set up to do the volume that we do here yeah so that that new building is going to be phenomenal for, you know for you all right that was my conversation with tony perry formerly of permac enterprises and that episode was recorded on friday may 1st in Virgin. As I mentioned up top, the plan is to be able to talk a little bit more about the uh, the radio career, the way that all ended, um, and and you know the good times, the bad times, all that uh, legal stuff getting in the way of that for a small period of time. Hopefully, that'll all get cleared up uh, in just a little while. In the meantime, lots of future podcasts on the way. Really excited to be doing this as a hobby. Really excited to be able to just kind of slow down, calm down, not have to worry about time limits or anything like that. Uh, and I do realize I need to slow down my speech too. That's an old bad radio habit, but hopefully I'll get better at that. Anyway, thank you for listening to episode one. We go up from here.